Okay, so um, we're going to have communion right now, and if you have your scriptures with you, or I don't know how fast you can do this, Joe, but 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. Do you want to pass out the communion now? Sure. And um, the Lord brought me to this scripture this morning and just reminded me of communion and, and gave me a word that I thought was great through the scripture that we participate in the body and blood of Jesus as we partake of communion. So as we partake of communion, we enter into the Lord's sacrifice. We enter into his passion. And it happens in a supernatural way. It happens through the word of God and through obedience. As Jesus asked us at the Last Supper to remember him, with partaking of the bread and the body. So we're going to read this scripture. I don't know if I have the same version, but I'll just read till verse 22. So verse 14 is, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I speak to sensible people, Judge for yourself what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And that is so powerful. <laughs> the cup of thanksgiving is the blood of Christ. It all begins with thanksgiving, a thankful heart, Thankful words, thankful thoughts. And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one loaf. Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. We all partake of Jesus. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? Do I mean then that a sacrifice offered to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No. But the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. We are trying to... Are we trying to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And everyone, the Lord is a jealous God for his people. It says it in the word. It's the one kind of jealousy that is holy and good. It's the kind of jealousy that a mother has over her children to protect them from evil. And it's and we have to come to his table and participate with him, with his body, with his blood. Lord, we pray this morning, just lift up, your off, lift up the cup and the bread this morning if you can. Lord, we just pray over the communion this morning as we join together as your people in this congregation 
and with people all over the world today, Lord, that are coming to partake of you, the bread of life. Lord, we thank you, we thank you in Jesus' name for the body, the bread, and we pray that as we partake together this morning, so let's take the bread and get it situated so we could partake together. We pray, Father, and we thank you for your body broken for our healing, broken for our brokenness. We thank you that we can participate by a simple action of participating in communion as the body of Christ. And as we put this bread in our mouth, Father, we partake of you. And we ask for you to heal us, Lord. Heal our bodies, heal our minds, heal our soul wounds, heal those we love. Lord, we think of anyone who's sick this morning and we ask for complete healing in Jesus' name through the, the body that was broken for us. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, as we ponder the scripture that we just read in Corinthians, we ask your forgiveness and cleansing if we've ever partaken of any part of satanic, demonic activity. Lord, it's so hard in this world there's so much around us father but we ask for your cleansing we ask for your cleansing lord even of times where we don't even realize lord but we are partaking of what the enemy has for us we go to his table we go to his table in fellowship or we go to his table and and listen to him not listen to you Father, we pray the blood of Jesus that was shed for us on Calvary. Lord, that you would pour it over us and in us as we partake and participate in the cross this morning. By taking this cup, we hold it up to you in Jesus' name. We hold it up to you, and we thank you, and we praise you. And we participate together. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do through the communion, through the body and blood of Jesus. Thank you for the word of God that confirms it. And we, we live today, Lord, to to honor you, to praise you, and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, swing wide those heavenly gates. Prepare the way of the risen Lord. Amen. amen. All the time, right? Swing wide those heavenly gates. It's time to take up an offering, amen? <laughs> Swing wide those heavenly gates, Lord. Come on down, Grace. Swing wide those heavenly gates. Uh, see, she's singing it too. See, got her going. Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Jesus. God, you are good, amen? Lord, we're praying that we're believing and we're living under an open heaven. Lord God, that this place is under an open heaven, that your angels are ministering to us, Lord God, and that we're seeking your face, Lord God, and we're believing, Lord God, that, Lord, as we are giving into your kingdom, we're giving into rust, where rust and moth will not devour, Lord Jesus, and we're praying, and we're praying that you would multiply, multiply upon us as we give back to you, Lord Jesus, Lord God, and we cannot give you, Lord Jesus, you've given us so much. 
Lord, how can we give back to you what you've given to us, Lord Jesus, because you gave us your son who died on the cross, who rose, Lord God, and who is at your right hand, Lord Jesus, interceding and praying for us right now. Lord God, as we just come into your house to worship you and give you praise, Lord, fill our hearts with thanksgiving and joy, Lord God. And I pray this, and I just pray your blessings over this tithes and this offerings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, no kids' church today. Yeah, careful walking to the bathroom. The carpet out there is still really wet from all the rains we've been having. The torrential downpours, it's coming right in down there. We've been trying to get it cleaned up. Phil has worked hard the last two days with a, with a um, washer vac thing. <laughs> shampooer, carpet shampooer to kind of clean up the water. But last night, again, we had another torrential downpour. So a little more water came in. So be careful because the floor could be a little slippery once you walk through the damp carpet. And also as a reminder, and Joe's got it on our board, that if you don't have the church app, you need to get it on your phones because all our messages are on it. If you're not here, you can go back and you can listen to them. Amen? And Joe's been doing a great job at that, keeping that up and keeping that going. So thank you, Lord, for all the great helpers that we have in our church and thank you, Lord God, that we have a, uh, I have a great wife who organizes all this stuff for me. Amen. She organizes all this stuff and plus all my stuff. So thank you, Jesus. Yes. You download the church app ministry. So, Joe, you want to explain it? My wife wants you to explain it again. Come on, Joe. She doesn't understand it. So if you have an Android or an Apple phone, you can just go to your app store and then look for um, the Ministry One app. And if you download that Ministry One app, you're going to go search for our church. It's under Whitehorse Church, I believe. And you will find that. Uh, and you select it, and that will pull up our page. What? I don't think it is on the app because you have to look up our town first, so it's under, under Owego. And then once you choose Owego, uh, there's only two churches in the area that use this app, and that's um, TLC and Whitehorse Church. So just, just click on Whitehorse Church. Or White Horse Ministries is one of the one of the two I can't remember at the moment. Uh, not only that, if you do use it for um, tithe and offerings, it does help us keep accounting a little bit better because it goes right into the system. And at the end of the year, I could just send you a statement real quick. So, but if you still want to do the cash or check here, that's fine. I'll I keep a hard record here, but it does help us keep everything organized. And all the sermons are there. Uh, if we're not here at the church, uh, we're going to try to get them recorded, and I can post them later. Um, but that's only like once or twice a year, maybe a little bit more. Uh, it depends on where we're going to go. Uh, but uh, any other questions? So help help us out and download the app. Yes. Okay. So the messages are on the too? Yes, all the church messages are on this app. In the same place? All in the same place. So if you see that there's different, when it has given, discovery, and then there's this one right here, you can't see it, but it says sermons. Ours is a little bit different. Ours is sermons here, given over here. I can change it, change the format. But it has the messages for every week. Yes, Julia? You can see it on Facebook. There's actually a link. You can click on our link. I, I, I put it on every week. So you can actually click on the link on our Facebook page uh, under Whitehorse Ministries. I it's also available on Spotify, Apple, Google, I believe, and there's another one. We're we're on all those platforms. It's all been updated. And 
and so. people are all over from the world. Yes, yeah, so there's uh, last month we had 243 downloads, so it is going all over the place. And where are they coming from? I didn't look today, but last week. Uh, they're all over the world, um, but there's some family that we have out in uh, um, Utah. There's a lot in there that area, all over the triple cities, and there's some overseas. So, all over the place. All right, Chris. Good job, Joe. Thanks. Thanks for all that hard work getting that thing set up. Amen. And believe it or not, his li his life might get a little easier because uh, we're getting internet up here on the hill finally. For all those that are here, you might not believe this, but up here on Lord Hill, that uh, we have not had internet or spectrum here forever, and they're finally, because we're in a rural location, they're finally going to run it to us. So it's going to make Joe's life a little easier, a little faster for downloading and getting things out. And then we'll be going, we have plans for our YouTube channel, which Joe's already got that thing all set up, we just got to... Uh, sit down, and when that comes, we'll be going out on YouTube, Julie and I. So, doing some great, having some great topics, and hopefully getting some guests or special guests in here that we can interview and do things with. And so, we're excited about it. Life is good. Amen. We've gone so long without the internet, it's going to be an odd change to have it. You know, it kind of makes me nervous because this place has been a sanctuary for so many years. And I believe it still is a sanctuary, amen. But now we're going to be able to use it to help get the gospel out across the world and across the nation easier. Amen? Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. So the title of my sermon is, Behold, I am coming soon. Behold, I am coming soon. Revelations chapter 22, verse 12. What did Jesus say? This is a prayer. He said, Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me. And I will give according, I will give to everyone according to what he has or she, he or she has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Amen. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And he will give to everyone according to what we have done. This was the very last chapter in the Bible. Revelations 22. This is actually a prayer of Jesus saying that he is coming soon. And that was 2,000 some years ago. We are seeing signs of the return of Christ. And you got to remember too that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. But we are seeing signs of the return of Christ. And that is very soon. Jesus could be here morning, night, or noon. <laughs> he is coming soon. Amen. He can be here any day now. And our job, and my job, but even not just my job, but your job is to be ready for his return. That's a big responsibility that a pastor has, is to make sure his flock is ready for Jesus' return. Because it can happen at any moment. And it will not matter where you are. It wouldn't matter where you are. Whether you're here in the church, praise God, if Jesus comes back and we're all gathered here in the church with our family and friends, that he takes us home. That'll be a great and glorious day. But it won't matter because nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. We just know that he's coming soon. And we just need to be ready for uh, his return. 
It doesn't matter if you're on vacation. It doesn't matter if you're at your house. It doesn't matter if you're working. It doesn't matter if you're traveling. It doesn't matter where you are. Because Jesus will find you no matter where you are. He will not leave one of us behind. Amen. He won't leave any of his believers behind or his children behind. And that's who he's coming back for. Amen. Our job isn't to matter about that stuff. Our job isn't to worry about it. Our job is to be ready for that day. That's our job. We have to be ready at all times. We cannot be deceived in thinking that his return isn't soon. That Jesus isn't coming. Or that he's been coming for a long time and he's not here yet. We cannot be deceived in thinking like that. Our job is to be prepared. We need to be prepared. We have to live our lives every day like Jesus is coming today. That's how we need to live. That's how we need to be prepared. You know, the world is under great distress right now. We are seeing changes in our weather patterns. We are having earthquakes everywhere. We even had an earthquake in Baltimore that was a three point something. We had a 5 0 today in Fortuna, California, a 3.7 last week in Yellowstone. Now that's one we got to watch because that's the Yellowstone volcano, the super volcano. We're having earthquakes all around the world. Not only that, but we're having floods all around the world that are, that are terrible. Germany, for example, there's you have 150 people dead because of flooding in Germany right now. Europe has been seeing a historic record of flooding throughout the whole nation. We're having flooding right here in our own United States. And it seems like every day we've had rain through the whole month of the end of June into July. Almost every night we've had these torrential downstorms, heavy lightning. We've seen lightning. I've seen lightning this year that lit up the sky like I've never seen before, where it's nonstop lightning strikes. They had a they had a thing up in British Columbia where they said the sky was red. Because of all of the lightning. I don't know what they call it. The name of that one was exactly. But you know what's happening is that the weather is changing. Because the end is near. You know the Bible says it warns us all about this stuff. God is giving us warning signs. And you know like I, I listened to a pastor. Pastor um, Paul Begley. He has a thing, he says, it's not a timeline. It's not a timeline that we're watching. It's almost like a sign line. You know, on, on Christ's return, look at all these signs that are taking place. It's a sign line, not a timeline. There was 55 million Americans that were at risk of flash flooding this weekend. 55 million Americans at risk of flash flooding this weekend. Nassau says and is warning us that the moon is wobbling. They said the earth has been wobbling. Now the moon is wobbling. That's straight from Nassau. But not only that, but they're also talking about the expansion of the earth. That the earth is expanding and in, in, and in uh, Mexico... There's a fault line crack that's coming up toward California that's getting larger and larger. And they say there's going to be sinkholes all across because the water table is rising. I mean, they've had maps out there um, that are showing in two and a half years what America will look like. And most of it's underwater just in two and a half years. It's pretty dramatic. And they say that map changes every day. I, I tell my wife, I was like, that's going to be impossible 
the way, because it's like there's no West Coast. The ocean goes up through up into Utah. The Mississippi is like not a, not a Mississippi anymore. It's like an ocean to the Great Lakes. Florida's gone. And they say it's not because of all of the glaciers melting and everything going on there, but it's because all of the moisture in the water is going to be opened up. But you got to remember what happened in the days of Noah. You know, everything happened in 40 days during the great flood of Noah's time. God opened up the earth and it said the water rose up from the ground along with the deluge that they had coming from the sky. They say that there's a water table underneath, underneath the earth that's greater than all of the oceans. So they're, they're talking about the earth expanding. You know, Isaiah chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, says that the... Let's see, you got up there. Therefore, the grave enlarges. Another... another other um, scriptures says that hell is enlarging. Therefore, the grave enlarges its appetite and opens its mouth without limit. Into it will descend their nobles and masses with all their brawlers and revelers. So is that what's happening now? The earth is expanding? Is that because hell is expanding? Because the end is drawing near? Is that part of it? It's the expansion theory. But we're living in some perilous times. The dark is getting darker and the light is getting brighter. Yet many are falling away and are being deceived by false teachers. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived about Jesus' return. You know, we cannot be deceived about Jesus' return. Don't let anybody deceive you that Jesus is not coming back soon. Morning, night, or noon. It says in the scriptures that many will come in my name, saying that I am the Christ. What does the Bible tell us? Don't run after him. Don't go out seeking him. For it's not him. There are three facts that we need to know about Jesus' return. Three facts. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. This is one of the facts. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father of when Jesus is going to return. That is fact number one. No one knows when Jesus is coming back. If somebody says Jesus is coming back tomorrow, they're wrong. Do not listen to them. There's only one person knows when Jesus is going to return, and that's God. Amen. That's God. But what we have to do is be ready for that return. We cannot be caught off guard. I mean, God is sending us all these signs and warnings. We see him throughout the nations, throughout the earth. Jesus warned them all about it. And, and you, can, you can read it in Luke 21 and you can read it in Matthew 24. But the fact number one that we know, that we need to know about when Jesus is coming is that no one is going to know when. No one is going to know the time, the day, or the hour. It says, the son doesn't know, nor the angels know. Only the father knows. Fact number two. My pages are sticking together here. Fact number two about Jesus' return. In Matthew chapter 24, 30, it says, all mankind will see him. In Matthew chapter 24, 30, it says, At that time, the signs of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all of the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky 
with power and of great glory. So, number one fact, no one knows the hour. Number two fact is that when Jesus does come, all of us will see him. He says, like lightning flashes from this one end of the earth to the other, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Everybody will see him. In Revelation chapter 1, verses 7 through 8, it says this, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. So that's fact number two. Fact number three. And he will come with the voice of the archangels. They will proclaim his coming with a trumpet blast and gather his elect. Matthew chapter 24 verse 31 it says, And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds. From one end of the earth, from one end of heaven to the other. So those are three facts about Jesus' return. What's going to happen? The archangels are going to precede him. We're going to go before him. They're going to make a loud trumpet blast. And they're going to gather up all of his elect from the earth. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. It says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about these, about those who fall asleep, or to grieve like the rest of the men who have no hope. You know, listen, that is exactly where the world is. That is exactly what's going to happen to those that are wrapped up mostly into the world. They're being they're being lulled asleep. They're being pulled away from the truth. They're being deceived by false teachers. The Bible calls it the great falling away. Many will fall on that day. Well, as that song go, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night and noon. Many will see their doom. See their doom. That is going to be a terrible day. For those that are perishing. Terrible day. Let's go back, Joe. That, to that scripture before. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. See, that's just why we kind of stay alert. We have to be watchmen. We have to be wise to the times of what's going on, to the times, to the signs. You know, God is giving us signs. He's screaming out there. He's like a big billboard. Listen, I'm coming soon. The earth is reeling and rocking. What does it say? That the heavens and the earth will be shaken. The moon is wobbling. They say that the other planets are wobbling. And they're going through a, a period of distress. We can't be ignorant about those things. When we see these things happen, you know, I, uh, I used to watch Jack Van Ippie a lot. When he goes, when you see these things happen, you lift up your hands because your redemption is drawing nigh. That means your redemption is drawing near. That means God is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Let's not fall asleep. Let's not be asleep. Asleep on watch. I tell you, one time I fell asleep on watch when I was in the service. Me and my buddy. And it was, he, I woke him up. I stayed up to do my watch during my two hours. It was two hours on, two hours off. We were in a little foxhole. We were out on maneuvers. Two hours on, two hours off. I let him take the first watch, I took the second watch, and he was supposed to take the third watch. Well, he fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, he couldn't wake me up to take my watch, could he? 
So we were both sleeping and snoring out there in our foxholes. All of a sudden, at about 6 o'clock in the morning, my first sergeant, my, my sergeant of my uh, company, leader of our company, grabbed us, our sleeping bags at those times, you can zip all the way up to your head, and you had a little bitty hole that you can breathe out of, any of them. So what do they do? They zipped us up in our sleeping bags so we couldn't get out. They grabbed us and they drug us back to formation. You know what? It was not scary because of our sleeping on duty. The whole platoon could have been killed because the enemy could have went right through that area. That's how serious it was. It was serious. And I guarantee you, neither one of us fell asleep again on watch duty. It wasn't a pretty sight. You know, we felt bad, but we could have been killed. And not just we could have been killed, but we could have killed our whole platoon. We could have killed our whole company because the enemy could have came in, easily wiped us right out. You learn a lesson. You don't sleep on watch duty. In church, we can't be sleeping. We can't be caught sleeping because the enemy is out there. He is real. The devil is real. The demons are real. And they're being released at an unprecedented amount in these last days to wreak as much havoc, to cause many people to fall asleep, to make people think that they don't need to do anything anymore. We have to be on guard. We have to watch. We have to cover our minds with the blood of Christ. There are things out there that can destroy people, good people, and that have destroyed good people, that have fallen because they let the door open a little bit and the devil got in. A little of this, a little of that. What is the Bible? A little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty will come over you like a bandit. We have to be on guard. We have to be watchful. We have to be aware. We cannot be caught sleeping. And unfortunately, many, many people are sleeping. The church is asleep. Amen? Amen. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest who have no hope. We have hope. We don't have to worry about grieving because we have hope. Because we have Jesus. Amen. We have the hope of Jesus. Of what Jesus did. I'll give you some other facts that I know just off the top of my head. That Jesus came to this earth. Was born a virgin. Went to the cross. Shed his blood for us, rose again victoriously on the third day and sits at the right hand of God. These are facts. You cannot argue these. These are our basic Christian foundations that we stand on. And that's who we have our hope in. And that's why we have such great hope. Because Jesus did all of this for us ahead of time. He's prepared our path. He's made straight our path. You know, think about that. Jesus made straight our path throughout all of humanity. He did it for all of humanity's sake. He made a straight path for all of us to be saved. And you know, it's a simple path. All you have to do is give your life to God, believe in Jesus, accept Him as your Lord and Savior, believe it in your heart and not doubt it, that you'll be saved. It's a simple path. But people, and it's the truth, but people reject the truth. That's who we have our hope in. That's why we have hope in our trust, is in Jesus. It's not in me. It's not in any one of you out there. Our hope should not be in any person or any man or any woman or anything or any idol. It should be on God and on Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, Joe, we can go to the next one. Verse 14. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus 
those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's, Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, that's us, still alive and are left till the coming of the Lord Jesus, he's coming soon, will certainly not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangels and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen? A trumpet call from God. One of these days, we're going to be out there. We're going to be operating like we normally do every day. Going to work. Coming to church. Waking up. Getting ready for bed. Preparing supper. Feeding animals. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're called to do. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear the voice of the archangels saying, Come on up here. I'm gathering you as we... And then you're going to hear the voice of a, the shout of a trumpet blast. Amen. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to be risen. We're going to be risen with Christ. Then we will see him coming on the clouds. And we'll be with him on the clouds. <clears throat> That's what's going to happen. No matter where you are, you're going to know Jesus is coming because the archangels are going to proclaim it. Just as John the Baptist went before and was proclaiming that one greater is on this earth that his can't even untie his sandals is here with us and he's going to baptize you not in water but with fire by the Holy Ghost. Just like he did then, the angels are going to come back and they're going to proclaim that Jesus is coming. Are you ready? Get yourself ready. Get yourself in order. And then the trumpet's going to blast. And then we're all going to be gathered up with him in the clouds. What a day that'll be. No matter where you are, you're going to hear it. You could be on vacation in Timbuktu. You could be out on the ocean. You could be in the depths of the ocean. You could be in a plane. You're going to see it, you're going to hear it, and you're going to know it. It's going to be amazing. These things are facts. These things are facts. They are going to happen. Just as Jesus foretold us and his apostles foretold us. We have to be ready. Amen? Amen. We have to be ready. We have to be watchmen. Just like his final prayer in Revelation chapter 22, he is coming soon. And we are living in these days. Just like he proclaimed, we're living in the days of Noah. You know, they thought, they thought that Noah was probably a crazy man when he lived and walked on this earth. If you think about it, all of the people that watched Noah build this big old ark. And it's never even rained before on the earth. God gave water through the ground. And they never even heard of rain or thunder or lightning. They never even saw it. And they probably thought, what is this crazy man doing? He's building this ark. This boat. What is they probably never even seen a boat. God told Noah to build this thing and then to cover it with sap inside or out. Make it 45 feet high, 75 feet long, 400, or 75 feet wide, 45 feet high, 450 feet long. And then I want you to gather seven of all the clean animals. Seven. Did you know that? I didn't know that at first. But God told Noah to gather seven of the clean animals and two of kinds of the unclean animals. It wasn't just two by two. Here they come. It was seven clean, two unclean. Of all different kinds of creatures, big and small. So that's right in Genesis. <clears throat> but it said that everything was going great in Noah's days. 
People were giving in marriage. They were partying. They were having a good old time. You know? Just like any other day. Just like, like every day was the same up until the day that the flood came. Up until God had opened up the heavens and Noah went in. You know that they, well, he went into the ark on his 600th birthday. Noah entered the ark and closed the door when Noah was 600 years old. And he shut the door up. And he had his three sons with him. Shem, Ham, and Japheth, I believe. It says here, it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. <clears throat> now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth was had become, for all the people of the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all these people from the earth. It's filled with violence because of them. I'm going to destroy it, both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it, coat it with pitch inside and out. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female. Two of every kind of bird. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. Noah did this as the Lord commanded. People were giving in marriage in Noah's days, partying, living the life. Right up until the day of the flood came. And they, they probably thought he was crazy until the flood came. When, they start, when the ark started to float up above the earth. I bet you they came running to the ark for safety, but the door was shut. How much of a parallel is that to the kingdom of God coming? When we see the Son of God and we see the people of the church, I can guarantee you the people of the world are going to run looking to the church, but they're going to be gone. The door will be shut. It'll be too late, just like it was too late in Noah's days. I'm telling you, you look about, you go back and you read in Genesis how they lived in Noah's days. It's no different than how we're living right now. It's terrible. It's terrible how they lived in Noah's days. It's no different. It's no different than how it was in Sodom and Gomorrah than it is today. So be ready. Jesus is coming soon. All of this. All of this you can read about in Matthew chapter 24 verse 37. It says here, <clears throat> verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now this is Jesus who said this. This is God who wrote this. This is written in red. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. And took them all away. 
That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, verse 42, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day our Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. And would not have left this house to be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at the hour when you do not expect him. Are you expecting God to come back? Are you expecting him today? Are you expecting him tomorrow? God himself said, we're going to be caught off guard. Don't be caught off guard. Many will be caught off guard. My wife and I have this talk all the time. We need to live our lives every day expecting, expecting Jesus' return. Amen. Amen. Expecting it. We must be living like we are expecting Jesus' is coming back. What is he going to be find you doing when he comes back? Where is he going to find you? Because he will find you. Amen? Father, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for this day. I praise you and thank you for your word, Lord God. I thank you and I praise you for what you're doing, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that in this church not one of us would be caught off guard, Lord God. Lord God, and that, Lord, you would have people out there just screaming this at the rooftops. Lord, I, I've been preaching on these end times for a long time, Lord Jesus. And it seems like I can't get past it, Lord God, but I can't help it because your coming is soon. And we need to be ready, even though this might be repetitive over and over and over again. We need to hear it over and over and over again to remind ourselves. Lord God, that we need to be ready. We need to be watchmen. We need to be expecting your return today. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be mindful of these things. Lord God, no matter what we're doing, no matter how busy we are, help me, Lord Jesus, no matter how busy I get, Lord God, to be mindful of these things and to expect your return. Lord God, I pray. And I pray, Lord God, that not one of us will be left behind. But all of us will be caught up with you when you have that call from the archangels and that trumpet blast. That we would be caught up and gathered with all of your children, Lord Jesus. And that's our hope. That's our, that's our, that's our foundation. That's our faith. That's our, that's our joy, Lord God, is to be with you. Lord God, help us not to give it up or to lose it or to be lulled asleep or to be deceived by others. Lord God, help us not to be deceived. I pray that you'd cover us by the blood of the Lamb, by your word, that we'd be covered and protected, Lord God, and that your angels would minister to us, and that, Lord, you would post your personal protection for us, that you would keep watch over each one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If anybody needs prayer, I'll be glad to pray for them. If not, then, Lord God, I bless you and I wish you have a great day and a great week. Amen? Amen.